Well, good morning, everyone. Everybody doing well this morning? A lot of people were asking me how my back is. I appreciate your prayers. It was very unfortunate. I started lifting weights, and I was maxing out, what was it, like 400 pounds? <laughs> now, actually, I just bent over to plug in a laptop. <laughs> I turned 50 years old, and it's like my body just fell apart. But God is good. Can you say amen to that? Southeastern University, fully accredited, connected with the Southeastern in Lakeland. We're gonna have our own campus here. The rooms are being built right now next to the youth center in the other building. Let me tell you, parents, listen, or maybe you're looking to continue your education at Southeastern. One third the price here at Countryside than it is to go to Lakeland. And we're gonna be providing a campus here where we'll have camaraderie and all kinds of things that are here. So if you're interested in that, if you have questions, just go to the lobby. My son, Pastor Andrew, will be there. Uh, Marriott Gammon will be there. Any questions that you have, we are excited about that. Are you excited to be in God's house today? I want to welcome all those that are watching online with us right now. There's some shout-outs I want to give. Steve from Largo, we're glad that you're watching. Nancy from Clearwater, and the Nichols family from Pennsylvania, along with other people around the world. We welcome you, and we're so glad that you're watching with us today. So we're starting a series today called Fake News. Why would you go to church to hear fake news? Many of you may ask. But when we start dissecting and looking at areas in our life, it's actually as if we're believing the fake news that the enemy wants us to believe and applying it to our life. So we're gonna look at these different areas of fake news, and then we're gonna apply God's word, which is the good news, the absolute truth of the word of God, and we're believing that God is gonna speak to us in so many different ways during this series. You can follow along in your notes that are in your weekend guide. In fact, I encourage you to do this. A lot of people, their mind could drift. We live in a, a culture today where attention spans are like three minutes. This helps you to really zero in on focus on the scriptures and the different points that we're making. Let me ask you this. Has there ever been a time in your life where you were closer to God than you are today? Let, let me unpack that for you a little bit. Maybe there was a time in your life where you were so passionate about the Word of God. You could not wait every day to open the Word, and it was alive, it spoke to you, it just came alive as you read it. Maybe there was a time where you were so excited to come to church, invite visitors, that you were the first one in the building, and you couldn't wait for worship to start because you were gonna dive into the presence of God. As I looked at this service today, it was about half of us weren't here when worship was starting. No conviction. No conviction there. But maybe there was a time where your prayer life was really active and alive, where you were speaking to God, God was speaking to you, and actually your prayers were getting answered, and it was really living out the Word of God. But over time, and maybe over this last year with the COVID environment, with so many people have been isolated and away from other people, and those maybe watching online, you've been away from people, and you found yourself spiritually a little bit less than you were at one time. How many of you say, Pastor Glenn, I'll agree with that. I'm not as hot as I once was spiritually for the Lord. I'll wait. I'll raise my hand. That helps people when I raise my hand. It just helps. Well, there was a couple. They were married 20 years ago. It was kind of a southern 
couple. They were in North Florida where it was, the, the roads were more barren and they could just kind of snuggle up together when they were first married. The, the country guy would just drive with his arm on the steering wheel, his other arm around his woman. And they just drove places together, snuggled up close. But then they've been married for 20 years now. And the wife asks the gentleman and says, honey, what happened? Do you remember when we used to just snuggle so close together when you were driving? And the husband looked at her and said, I'm still in the same place. Where are you? I want to challenge you today as we look at today's subject. Have you drifted from God? Because maybe you've moved, but I want to encourage you with this. God hasn't gone anywhere in your life. He's always right there next to you, right there with his arms outstretched, always wanting that deep, intimate relationship between you and him. That's what's so incredible about Christianity. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship that is intimate, that is growing, that's fulfilling when you spend time closely snuggled with the Father. I want to look at a parable this morning from Matthew chapter 13. This is a parable about a sower. A sower in Bible times was someone that would have a pouch over their shoulder in a bag filled with seeds. And they would go and they would throw the seeds into different areas and they would grow a plant or grow fruit that would come from these seeds. So in this area in Matthew chapter 13, there are four paths that are described here in this parable. The first is seed that fell on a path and birds ate the seed. The second was the seed was cast on a rocky place, not much soil. The plant would spring up, but then sun would scorch it and it would never take root. Another one was among the thorns. The plant would grow, but it would be choked out by the thorns. And the last one that's described here is good soil. When the seed was thrown on good soil, it would produce in the Bible here in 13, Matthew, it says it multiplied 30, 60, 100 fold. And what's happening in this, Jesus is describing this parable about the seeds and the sowing, and he's talking about the soil in our heart. So I challenge you today to open your heart to see what type of soil is your heart to receive the word of God. And here's the application to this parable. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 13, looking in verse 19. It says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Now, that, what this is describing is maybe you come to church and you didn't have a great week and maybe you walk in and you have a bad attitude. Maybe you're hearing the message and you're thinking, oh, Pastor Tim is so much better than the tall guy. And you're a little disappointed. Or maybe you look on stage and you go, well, Pastor Glenn, I liked it when you wore your Adidas. It's so much better. Why aren't you funny today? What's, what's happening? Well, the worship is just too loud. Oh, I can't take it. Now, I want to give you a piece of advice that's not in my notes. This area right here, if you see those angles, that's the loudest part of our church, okay? So if you're sitting in that, that's how churches and buildings are designed 
so that the best sound is going to our sound stage right back in the back with the sound booth. If you want less volume, and then we can be at peace loving one another. Thank you. I appreciate that very, very much. So if, if you come in church expecting God to move, expecting God to speak to you, it's going to be completely different than this path. The next one, Matthew 13, verse 20, says this, this is the next path that I was talking about. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, it only lasts for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. This could be someone that comes in and they hear it and they're like, yes, that, that's speaking to me. I'm joining a group. Finally, I'm, I'm going to serve. Yes. And then something happens during the week where they could be hit with a trial. Or something could be said that could bring an offense. Or someone could hurt your feelings. Or maybe you have loss or a financial hardship. And right when the trial hits, it's like, <laughs> rock bottom. You see, when we're walking according to God's word, we live in a world that there is going to be trouble and persecution. But be of good cheer, because he's overcome the world. We've got to push through. When those things come, don't allow the enemy to rob you of your joy, rob you of the direction that God places in your life. Push through, press on, hold on to the horns of the altar and say, I'm not letting go, God, until you bless me in Jesus' name. Start grabbing a hold of that and quit allowing the enemy to rob you of the joy that God wants to put in your heart. The next path. Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. It says, the seed falling among the thorn, it refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Listen, we live in a world that is designed to keep you busy. We live in a world that is designed to distract you from the things of God. Do you remember before you were married, you were focusing on that schoolwork and you just couldn't wait to be married and you were so busy with all your homework and trying to get a side job and all. And then you got married, you think it's gonna be easy. It's not easy. It's been very easy with you though, babe. Come on. And then you, you, you start, okay, I wanna get this house, I'm working, and then you start working. There was a time I worked three jobs, busy, busy, busy. And then you have a kid. And then you have another kid. Guess what? There's always going to be busy to distract you from the things of God. And we can be so focused on the busyness, on the things that really don't matter in the scheme of things, and we put God secondary, and we put everything else that the world has to offer in front of where God wants us to really walk. Life happens. It chokes out the things that God wants to put into our heart. And then the last path. Matthew chapter 13, verse 18, is, or verse 23, it says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 100, 60, or 30 times what was sown. This is a heart that is readied, yearning for the things of God. It's a heart that's saying, God, when you speak, I will listen and I will act. And I will, you tell me to move, I'm going to move. You tell me to do this, I'm going to obey the word of God. Now, 
the reference here of 100, 60, 30-fold, this was a big deal. Because in the economy back in those times, if they had an eight-fold return on a crop, that was enormous. Tenfold was unheard of. But when you begin to look at what God's economy was, and they would say 30-fold, nobody ever heard of 30-fold. 60-fold, oh, that would take a miracle only from God. And then 100-fold, there is no way. That is God. But that's exactly what the word of the Lord, when you have a heart and your soil of your heart and the posture of your heart is to receive, hear the word, apply it to your life, and begin to move your relationship with the Lord becomes a living organism that is growing and developing and the depth that God wants to take you is beyond your wildest imaginations. Let me tell you, I'm seeing it happen at Countryside. You think of the SEU. We've always wanted to have something like that. God's doing it. Our time is right now. You look at what we announced a couple of weeks ago, South Tampa campus. We're going to be starting January of 22. How did that happen? How did that happen? We have a group of people that have been seeking the face of God here at Countryside. We see a group of people that are fully devoted followers of Christ following him, listening to him, being obedient, feeding the homeless, helping the widow, helping the single parents, seeing life in the midst of a COVID environment where life is just springing up in this church, God sees it. And when he sees it, he sees countryside as good ground. I've been here for 40 years. We've never had anyone that came ever to offer us for free a $3 million campus saying, here, it's yours. We want what you have at Countryside. We want that in South Tampa. And guess what? Because God's entrusting us to do that, we're going to be obedient to that, and we're going to light up the city of Tampa. And truly, Countryside is not just going to be a Pinellas County church. It's going to be a church for Clearwater, Tampa, and beyond. Get ready, because God is sowing great things in good soil here in Countryside. But it's so easy to drift. It's so easy to drift from God. It's so easy just to get caught up in our routines. It's so easy to get busy. It's so easy to put other things in priority and go, I'll just get back to the things of God. Listen, we have to be very mindful of our relationship with the Lord. I'll give me an example of drifting. So this is probably about 25 years ago. I was on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. We work hard when we're in the Dominican Republic. But on the last day, we play hard on the last day. The missionaries always take us to this beautiful resort. We have these banana boats that are going all over the place. We're snorkeling. I mean, it's beautiful. If you've ever been to the Dominican Republic, the water is crystal blue. We were so excited. And the missionary came up and said, now listen, be careful when you're going in the water because there's an undertow, you can uh, drift out to sea, you just have to be very careful. And of course, being the pastor that I am, I said, listen, I'm from Clearwater. We have beaches there. I got this. I'll take care of my team. You take care of the Dominican, I'll take care of my team. Well, I'm out, there's about 20 of us. We're swimming around, we're snorkeling. We're doing the fighting, you know, chicken fights. We're picking out, you know, down, picking out shells, pointing out these, you ever gone snorkeling, you're pointing out those beautiful fish, look at this. 
Well, about a half an hour into that, we look up, and we're about a mile out to sea. And Pastor Glenn ate some humble pie that day as I began to shout and yell to the shore, help, help. And they did. They sent a boat out, and they helped us. Actually, they saved our lives. Thank you, Mark Piles. I appreciate that very, very much. But we weren't careful, we weren't mindful, and we drifted. The same thing can happen in our spiritual walk with the Lord. It's so easy, and that's what the enemy tries to do, just with small little things to just nudge us and move us outside of the will of God until we're in a place that we don't even realize we have drifted far from God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. It says, we must pay more careful attention. Therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. We have to be careful, mindful, not to drift away from the things of the Lord. So here's the fake news of the day. Maybe some of you are tired of the peace that comes from the presence of the Lord. Maybe you're tired of that joy that comes when we're walking faithfully in the joy of the Lord. Maybe you're tired of God speaking to you through his word. Maybe you're tired of getting your prayers answered because you're seeking his face and he's guiding you and he's blessing you, he's anointing your pathways. Maybe you're just tired of that. And so over these next few minutes, I'm gonna have a little satire, be patient with me, don't take this out of context. Don't play this for a relative and say, listen, Pastor Glenn is so long. This is satire, and I'm being sarcastic for the next few minutes. So, in your notes, how to drift from God. There's four ways to do that. Number one, neglect your time with God. Psalm 63, verse one, this is David in the desert of Judah. He says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry, in a parched land where there is no water. So you wanna drift from God? Stop reading your Bible. That's where God's gonna speak to you. You need to stop reading your Bible. Pray, just pray when you eat. That's enough, that's the close that you wanna drift from God, just pray when you eat. Renew your mind, your mind's fine. Turn on the TV. Watch CNN, <laughs> satire. Don't, go, don't, go, don't come early for worship, just show up when the message starts. In fact, it'd be best if you did like most American Christians that go to church once a month. Why come every week? Volunteer, use your gifts? Why? Drift from God. Neglect your time with him, and you will drift from God. Number two, you want to drift from God? Here's some advice. Hang around with the wrong people. Hang around with the, it's impossible to live the right life when you're around the wrong friends. So if you want to live outside of God's will, surround yourself with the wrong people. I recommend people that cuss a lot. Get around them. That will cause you to automatically, just organically, you won't even have to make a big decision. You'll just automatically start drifting. Join into their conversation around the water cooler. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 
There you go. Don't hang around strong Christians. They're going to draw you to God. You might read the Bible when you're around those people. When you're down, they may take you by the hand and pray with you. God forbid. They may pray with you, hold you accountable, make you feel better about yourself. Date an unbeliever. There you go. That will give you an excuse. Get unequally yoked. It's so easy when you're unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And better yet, become one of those cultural Christians that claims to know Christ but doesn't know him at all. They just know the talk, and they show up on Sunday. If you want to drift from God, number three, here's another big one. This will do it. Give in to temptation. Sin is fun for a season. How many of you be honest? It's fun for a season. Listen, if it's not fun, you're not doing it right, or you're lying, bottom line. It's fun for a season, but the end thereof is always destruction and death. James chapter one, verses 15 and 16. It says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So why not do that? Isn't that exciting? The end for all of us that just walk in that sin and give in to temptation is death. Join me for a life of death. That's the end result. You know, some people, think, that's just the way I am. My parents were this way. Their parents were this I'm just this way. And so I encourage you, rationalize your sin. Just sin and know, you know, you can ask for forgiveness later. It's all good. It's not all good. That's exactly what the world wants you to believe. Fake news. And the fourth of my satire moment with you is love this world more than you love God. You want to drift from God? Love this world more than you love God. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Go ahead. Do it the world's way. Better yet, why don't you buy yourself all the things that the world says that you need to buy to make yourself happy, and then not only are you gonna have this stuff, but you're gonna have a mountain in, of debt. So you're not only in bondage to the world, you're in bondage to debt. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Which is completely drawing you away from the things of God. Maybe, maybe you could obsess with sports. Maybe you could obsess with working out work. That's the pride. It's all you can think about. Go to church. Why? There's golf on. Go to church. There's a beach. I got to get my beach body on. It's, we're in Clearwater, Pastor Glenn. Or maybe you could follow someone on Instagram that makes you hate your life. That would be just wonderful because they look so perfect and makes you feel miserable. Here, last point in your notes. If all else fails, here's big advice for you. Fake it. Fake it. Fake it till you make it. Isaiah 29, verse 11, it says, The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You don't have to be moral. Just act it. Come to church. Raise your hands. Learn Christianese. When someone says God is good, you say, all the time. And then you go, all the time. And then that person goes, God is good. Isn't that great? 
We can just learn the Christianese that everybody else is saying. Now I'm going to take a deep breath. I've never been that sarcastic for a message for that amount of time. But what I was just telling you are lies belched out of hell that the enemy wants you to believe because the enemy wants to draw you away from that relationship that God so desperately wants you to be in with him. It's easy to drift from God, not realizing what we're doing, but understand this, God wants all of us. He wants to be part of every area of our life. When you wake up, he wants to meet you right there in the morning. When you're going through a crisis, he's right there saying, I'm right here with you. You're not alone. When you want to hear the voice of the Lord, be quiet, get in his presence, and listen to the whisper that comes from the Holy Spirit. You see, the enemy is yelling. The noise that you're hearing is the enemy that says you're never going to make it. You're always going to be stuck in debt. You're always going to be a loser. You're never going to have godly friends. You're never going to get that job. That's the enemy that's yelling. But when you get quiet before the Lord, he says, oh, you're going to make it. I'm going to heal that brokenness in your heart. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to raise you up. I have gifted you to change your world. I'm going to bless you. And when we begin to walk out the blessings of God, then we understand what he's doing in our life day by day by day. It's so important that we begin to be careful and look at our lives and where we are in our relationship with the Lord. It's so easy to drift. I can remember even in ministry, I thought, oh, if I can just be in ministry, it's going to be so easy. I only work on Sunday. Let me tell you, it wasn't easy. It was hard. It was hard in ministry. It was hard with people I worked with. It was hard with the people that I ministered to. Why? Because we're all people. And I could get so caught up in the ministry that I would lose sight early on of what God so desired so much greater in me. God made it clear to me over time, he loves me for me. He loves you for you. He wants to have that intimate, loving relationship with you, not because of what you do for him, but because of who you are. He loves you. And when I begin to see that, then I begin to understand, oh, I'm not just preparing messages, that's when I'm gonna spend time with the Lord. No, I need time with the Lord for Glenn, not Pastor Glenn. And so even as pastors, it's easy to be part-time Christians and full-time pastors. For some of you, you get so caught up in your studies and work that you're a full-time worker, a full-time student, and a part-time Christian, or a businessman, full-time businessman, part-time Christian. Or even parenting, we get so caught up, they gotta be involved in everything. And we become full-time parents and part-time Christians. So. If you're hearing this message today, and you're like, whoa, what am I feeling? Man, I, I kind of feel some conviction. I want you to know conviction is a powerful thing that the Holy Spirit does to draw us closer to the Lord. You see, if you don't feel conviction, then your heart is hard. And so when the word comes, it just bounces off. That seed is bouncing off. But when your heart is pliable, the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you, and then you can begin 
to open your heart to the Word of God, and then that seed that's sown this Word today is going to go deep into your hearts and produce a 30, 60, or 100-fold blessing in your life. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. This is Jesus talking to the church in Sardis. He says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. So what do we do? If we've drifted from God, what do we need to do today? How can we change that? In your notes, the Bible tells us clearly to return to your first love. Return. When you look at back when you were so close to God, what were you doing? What were your priorities? What was happening inside of your life that was building a growing, nurturing, thriving relationship with the Lord? Revelation chapter two, verses four and five, and here's talking to the church of Ephesus, and it says, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. And then this is what he says to do. Repent and do the things you did at first. God hasn't moved. For some of us, we need to go, okay, I need to make some changes. You need to get back right where you need to be, right in the loving arms of God. I believe that you're a church of good soil. I see it in your eyes. You're hungry. You want more of God. As we close this message today, we're gonna have a song in just a minute. But I was thinking of the prodigal son. Many of you, most of you know the prodigal son. It was a son that went to his father and asked for his inheritance early. So his father gave him his inheritance, and then the son went wild. Went off and blew the money on women, booze, drugs, ended up blowing it all and was far from his father. And it was at that bottom moment, right at the bottom, that he said, maybe I could go back and my father would allow me just to work for him. But this was the surprise. He walks over the hill and there is his father looking. It's my son. And he runs to him, hugs him, puts a robe on his back, gives him a ring, says, we're gonna kill the fatted calf. We are gonna celebrate. My son who was lost is home. But you see, so many people, they think, well, maybe you have to be so far in rebellion to be a prodigal. You don't. We can get busy. Things that aren't even bad, that can consume us, that can dominate our thoughts. And over time, we find ourselves just like that prodigal son, far from God. But I want you to know this. God loves you so much. He loves you enough that he's not gonna leave you in that place. He loves you enough that he is going to chase after you with his arms outstretched. He's gonna wrap his arms around you no matter what you've come out of. This is a lie the enemy wants you to hear is that what you have done is too bad to receive the grace and the forgiveness of God. That is fake news. Real news is Jesus Christ gave his son, God gave his son, Jesus, so that we could have forgiveness and life. So maybe you've drifted, and as Pastor Elena sings this song, receive the words of the song from your father. Maybe you're outside of his arm. During the song, I wanna encourage you, just snuggle up close. 
Allow the love of God to fill your heart. Allow the peace that passes all understanding to fill your life and your heart and your very being to understand that no matter what, God loves you. He's right. 
Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Elena. Emily. Let's just stay in this moment right now. The Holy Spirit is moving on hearts. I can feel it. It's a personal moment right now between you and God. Maybe over this last period of time, you feel yourself where you drifted away and you thought that no one cared. Listen to me. Look at the picture that that song paints. Not only does God care, he runs to you. He takes you in his arms. Maybe you haven't had that in a long time, that fatherly hug that says, you're home. I love you. You're forgiven. I want to bless you. I want to heal you. See, the enemy wants you to believe the lies. Today, we need to choose the truth of who God is in our life. Let me ask you, how many would say, Pastor Glenn, that message today was for me? I've just found myself kind of drifted away, and I'm just not in the same place that I once were, but as God's running to me, I am running to him. And you know, I want to have a, a heart that is pliable, that's good soil, that we'll see the 30, 60, 100-fold blessing in our life as we draw near to him. How many would say that today, Pastor Glenn? That's, that's right where I am. Hands everywhere. Father, you see the hearts. Lord, we don't want to be cultural Christians. We don't want to be ones that are just one way in church, another way outside of church. Lord, we don't want to be outside of anything less than your perfect will in our lives. Father, we want to have a relationship with you that is growing, that is developing, that is maturing. That, Father, it's an organism that's alive and growing. Father, that's what we all want with our walk with you. So today, Father, just reveal the areas of our life that we need to repent, the areas that are holding us back. Lord, help us to push those things aside and begin to be purposeful and mindful of our time with you. Show us, Lord. Bring healing and bring hope into our lives again. With every head bow, every eye closed before we dismiss right now. Maybe you're here today, you've never given your life to Christ. Some people, they think, well, if I go to church, then that's good enough. No, church attendance is not what saves you. Being good enough is not what saves you. It's a surrender of your life to Jesus Christ. Receiving the free gift of salvation. When Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood, it was for my sin and it was for your sin. And when we ask for that forgiveness and we repent of our sins and we turn, the Bible says that we're born again. We're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, I want that. I want to know Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to surrender all to him. When I count to three, just raise your hand. Look at me. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But the Bible says today is your day. The angels in heaven rejoice when one person comes to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's the good news of the gospel. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. God bless you. Hands going up. Yes, 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 yes. 
Couples raising their hand, families raising their hand, coming over on this side, yes, yes, thank you, God bless you. Raise it up high if that's you and you wanna be included in that, yes, I see your hands up there and yours and yours. Church, come on, let's give the Lord a great praise offering. We pray for revival, revival's here. Revival's here. Let's pray together for the sake of all those that raise their hands today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. I repent and I turn to you. Today, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Countryside, buckle up, because God is moving, so just be ready. What a powerful, powerful message. Would you stand right now to receive your blessing? And whether you're online or here, you can put your palms up just kind of in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you with the knowledge of the love of a Father who runs to you. May the Lord bless you with the peace of a burden lifted as you return to him. May the Lord bless those you love that they would return to him. And may the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you, church. Have a wonderful Sunday.